Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Hello, everyone. Jeremy with uh, the American Pursuit Podcast. I'm here with Trent Fisher. And uh, good morning, Trent. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Good. Thank you. Um, So here we are. It's a fine Monday. It's not 111 degrees, but over in your world, I bet you it was only 70, 72, right? So it's been beautiful. Like the high here has been like 74, somewhere in there. And oh, wow. The other day I got up to 80. So it was pretty, pretty hot. But I love like the 72 and under. But if I go inland, I got some offices in uh, Roseburg and it's about an hour. The, the other day it was 103 over there. So yeah, it's holy smokes. It's Roseburg is really, really warm in the summertime. Yeah, they're right in that kind of that channel, that valley. Yeah. So in our earlier conversation, when I didn't hit record, we had talked about <laughs> your, you're heading off with vacation with the family. I am. Yeah. We leave tomorrow morning. Wheels up at 0800. That's what I keep saying. Anyway, we'll probably get out of here somewhere <laughs> around 945. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the trailer's all packed and loaded and we're going to go do a, a kind of a national park tour. So we're going to go to Yellowstone. Yeah. And then we're going to go up to Glacier after that. So very yeah. nice. All I'm told is it's awesome, but there's thousands of people. So it'll be like, well, just kind of just take it one step at a time and deal with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. We went there. So we used to live in um, my wife and I in Pocatello, Idaho, and we went okay. up there a couple of times. And it's so funny how like, I don't want to use the word ignorant, but how silly people are there. So we went in September one year, and this is before I hunt started hunting. Okay. And there's these guys out there and there's this bull just raking in the trees and he's nuts. And there's a bull on the Hill and he's coming down. And I mean, it's pretty intense. People are getting in between these guys and trying to get like 20 feet away to get like the perfect picture. I mean, this was back when Kodak, you know, and you hit the button and the paper comes out in the film. Film. I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it it was crazy that then people just pull off the side of the road and then you're in this road jam for a long time. But I mean, it it, it is so beautiful. I'm excited for you. Then you get to do it with your family, which is nice because usually when you, yeah, yeah, because usually you're out with the homies. See, and that's that. And that's work that's half of it as far as I've been to a, well, I've never been to Yellowstone or Glacier, but I've been around those places, hunted around, you know, Wyoming, Montana numerous times and, and got to see all these cool things, you know, uh, as far as just the beauty of the scenery and stuff. And, and I get to come back home and, you know, oh man, you should have seen this or you should have been there. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm <laughs> ass. That makes me a jerk. So now it's going to be cool because I can flip the, <laughs> flip the book over and say, okay, this is where I've been, you know? Know, and and, and right. get to show them these places. It's going to be pretty rad. It's going to be pretty awesome. That's awesome. And yeah. so you're you're a family of four. Yes, you got your wife and your two children. And, and what's your wife and kids' name and age yep. and all that? Well, my you don't have to tell your wife's age. My- <laughs> don't kill us. She's about the same age as me. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just I hit the big forty this last year. Oh, congratulations! Oh, yeah. Catching up uh, with me. Milestone, uh, and I have a 15 year old son. I know, I know. I'm trying. I'm definitely trying. I have a 15 year old son named Wyatt and a and a 12 year old daughter named Hudson. 
So the kids are just about the age now. It's cool because they can get super excited about going. They've got their own money saved up that they've worked and stuff like that for. So they're going to buy, you know, trinkets and souvenirs or whatever they've got ideas for and stuff. So it's, it's really cool. It's it. We're going to have a fun time. Yeah. I bet you are, man. And, and so how long are you going for? Like, what's the, I'm going to go for, I don't know what I got slotted out, like 10, 10 days or something, maybe 12. I don't know. I just, whenever, wow. whenever we come back. So that's right. <laughs> I told Cody, good. I told Cody, I said, uh, we'll see when we come, we'll see when we come back. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's how cool. many days we've gotten like different parks, you know, where we've rented spaces, you know, so the king. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. what's nice about taking a trailer too on these kinds of trips is that everything's in the trailer, right? Yeah. And so you don't have to set up camp every night and pull this out of your pack and pull that. I mean, there's my wife has been this is the first year in the 30 years that we've been together where she said, I want to buy a trailer. Oh, well, I was big like, step. I know. We, and we used to have trailers, but I only, it basically was for hunting, right? Right. And right. and primarily because turkey hunting, because it was always so damn cold. And um, I was really? weak back then. I've, I've, get, I've gotten tougher over the years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, but yeah, no, weaker. it's. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah the trailer life it, it it has its place and it's a lot of fun i mean yeah especially like for what you're doing so so how long you've been married so 18 we just celebrated our 18 18th years. wedding anniversary yeah congratulations just, uh, we, could, we could go so yeah it's just man time it just time goes by so fast it's crazy how so fast silly oh man yeah blink your eyes like your kids long. are 15 yeah doesn't he's got his permit white just got his permit the other day and so now he's actually driving teaching him how to drive and he's been driving a lot of places it's like what where did that where did that come from any scary (laughs) moments yet uh yeah not bad not bad no he's been doing pretty good we just been we do there's a lot of back roads around here and so we'll drive all those he's getting nice He's getting a lot better. He's driven on the highway a few different times, but it's only been a couple of weeks. We're kind of just, you know, we're easing into this thing. <laughs> right. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of want to jump into um, kind of like you and your early years and kind of your foundation of your work history. So my, my sure. first question on that would be, what was your very first job? My very first job I got, uh, I was, I was mowing lawns and doing yard work for people. Uh, they're actually in our church at the time that we were, we were in. Um, and yeah, it's, they, they had this huge yard, like a big yard with rose bushes and they had all these, it, it was beautiful, beautiful, um, flower gardens and stuff. And so I would go and I would mow the lawn and I would pull weeds and I would chop wood and I would, all those, you know, all the normal yard work kind of things. And, um, anyway, and, and I would, I would work all the time, actually, like two or three days a week, I think my parents would take me up there or they would come pick me up. And then, you know, and that just morphed into other yard jobs and stuff around uh, for other people. And that's honestly how I bought my first gun, my first bike, my first everything, you know, was was on yard work money. So back then, oh. you don't spend a lot of it on anything else. So it's like, right. Yeah. Candy was five cents and yeah. candy bars yeah. were 30 cents. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Go to the movies for a quarter. No. <laughs> yeah. A local swimming hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite that old, but darn close. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But you did just turn 40, man. So I got to thank you. Milestone. <laughs> a milestone. And then so after the, so we're, we're, what age were you when you were doing the yard work and stuff like that? Yeah. So that was early, man. I was, I was, 
well, shoot, sixth grade, seventh grade. I worked all the way from, I, I, my dad cut trees for his whole life and um, still does actually. He's just kind of finally putting the saw down. But um, anyway, he, he was, he was my, both my parents were very good role models as far as work. My parents okay. were hard, hard workers all the time. Anytime there was a job or something and dad, I went and packed jugs for him at a young age too, you know? And, and so I, I learned work ethic really, really well at a very, very young age. And um, dad worked probably six days a week, most all, most every single week, he'd take one day off, you know, so learned that. And um, anyway, and then in high school, I got to go to Alaska. Uh, we just got called up by a guy and me and my brother, Trevor, and uh, to come to Alaska and go fishing. And so we jumped on a boat in Alaska and our summers at, at, during the summertime, um, you know, where most kids are hanging out and, you know, having fun in the day we were we were in alaska fishing so which was right up our alley it was awesome it was so much fun and we learned a lot i mean learned a ton as far as i would say you know venture to say that's kind of where you know you go there's those times in your life i guess where it's like okay you're a boy and now you're crossing over into manhood and i would say that was in that time period of going to alaska in the summer times you know uh during during high school definitely. Yeah. And those are long, hard days. I mean, you start early and I mean, some of those captains, they don't never get any sleep. They just nope. pile through it. Cause you're looking for fish. So were you guys saning? No, nope, we're gill netting. Gill netting. Gill netting. Okay. So, so yeah, it was a couple of good years that we had to, um, oh, good. yeah. So it was really cool. So we got in on quite a few fish and made, you know, like five to seven grand, you know, and you come back, you know, I bought a truck. I bought it, you know, I yeah, you were a rich kid, yeah, man. You were strutting. Rich. I was rich. Yeah. <laughs> to have the money now. No, <laughs> as we were back there, we used to say we're balling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I, and I bet, you know, being on a boat and people don't know, but there's, it's extremely tight quarters because you're out there weeks at a time yeah. or, and then come in to kind of get, provisions and that stuff and then head back out and we came in once a week so we'd come in to port once a week and then we would um head back out for a whole nother week on end so and then sometimes we wouldn't have to come back because we didn't have to deliver we could deliver fish out in the ocean there'd right. be these big tenders out in the ocean and they could get your fish off off the deck if it was if it was calm enough you know so yeah, it was, it was just an eye-opening experience and just, uh, man, it was so much fun. So much fun. Well, and teamwork is extremely important because there's a lot going on on those vessels. So you have yep. to work. And then you, um, in our earlier conversation, you said there was three of you on the boat. Yeah. So you, yeah, your and brother captain, and the captain. And he always looked, you know, there's always someone that could fill your shoes. There's always yeah, someone that wants a job, you know, back in those days. I don't know if that's that way anymore. I think. Oh yeah. They have a hard time finding hard workers. It's worse now to find, find I would assume, those guys out there. I would assume, but yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's in that first year uh, I, you, well, every year I went, I, the first day I would always sicker than a dog. I'd always get seasick. And so I'd be puking and throwing up and everything <laughs> and picking like, you know, that first night, I mean, we had 17,000 pounds of fish that first, that first Ooh. night. Yeah. 
And so it was just like, and you're throwing up and you're, and I was just, I wanted to die. I honestly, I would have cared less to jump overboard. I'm not lying. It was, yeah. if you've ever been seasick, you know what I'm talking about. No, I've but, never have. My wife gets seasick and I just, I can't uh, understand it. She, and she says that I have zero empathy. Because, yeah. But <laughs> you're very lucky. You're yeah. very lucky. But it would be like that first initial trip. And then after that, I'd be good for the rest of the season. But um, anyway, yeah. Oh yeah. I just got to get out of your system, huh? You just got to get through it, I guess. And that's what I just did. But uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. And then what did you move on from there? You, um, Yeah. So I came, nice. I finished school and then I jumped right into the fire science program um, uh, right into college and did the fire science program and started down that fi- that path of being a firefighter and did that for a few years. And it was just I don't know. The politics kind of got to me a little bit as far as just, you know, it was, it's the greatest job ever. Don't get me wrong. You get to help people. I mean, that's, there's nothing better than that, you know? And, yeah. and anyway, that was just, a, it was a little political for me. And I, I just, I don't know. My dad had always cut timber. I'd always, you know, done that as well in high school too. And so I jumped right into that, right over into the, to the, to the timber industry and, did that for 18, 18 years. Damn. That's another hardworking job. Yeah. 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 No, you, if people don't know the cat a few times, <laughs> yeah, cascades are steep yeah, they and are. you got fall <laughs> trees everywhere. And then you got to work your way down to the bottom. Did you guys work your way from the bottom up or yep. top? Bottom down? Up. Okay. So that's the safest. So you go from okay. the bottom up. And so everything is below you usually, unless you got to run down there and buck a log or something. And then, and then it's a safety, you know, you got to just really, really, act on the edge of safety all the time. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that, now, did you have your own business as yeah. a tree faller? Yeah. And, so oh, okay. I worked for people for, for a while and then got my own numbers, not very long after that. And then I've had my own, my own business for ever since then for a long, for a long time. And then we've had, you know, a few employees at times and high, hired uh, machines at times to come in and stuff like that. So I was dabbling in business, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like immersed and it. it was pretty, pretty simple side of business at that point. Oh, okay. Now did, were you, did you always kind of have an entrepreneur type mind or did you always feel that urge to always own something or start something? Not really. I would say no, honestly, I, okay. I, I do now. Definitely, definitely way more now, but back then it was just like, you know, you see a rock, you want to move it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Kind of right. I, I just like, it was my, what I tell people is what I loved about cutting timber is you could go and work your butt off and sweat and, and um, all day long. And then you hike out and then you can usually, you know, depending on where you're at, obviously, but you can usually look back and see, I did that today. You know, I covered that much ground and I did that today. And so that was, I I think that was pretty cool as far as, as far as, um, you know, just the pat on the back of, okay, let's see what I can do tomorrow. And let's do, you know, what can a week, how much can I cut in a week and do this? So I I liked that kind of thing. Like you mentioned, you did concrete work and stuff and you get to build stuff and then you get something finished and you're like, okay, what's the next job? You know what I mean? Right. And you don't have to think like, I mean, you have to think and do your thing, but it's more of um, a, a natural reaction, right? It's like all this preparation, like we, everybody always talks about preparation. And then when you get in there, it's, it's, you know, it just comes out. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. that's the same thing yeah. with that. It's just, you, you fall trees, you fall trees. And then at the end of the day, you're like, man, what a great day. And you didn't have to like exhaust yourself and thinking like now in sales, I'm always tired at the end of the day because my mind is like, whew, 
man. projections for yeah. what's going to happen. Oh man, I, I know exactly what you're talking. Like about. physically, I'm not tuckered out, and I'd rather just be physically tuckered out. Exactly. Of, you know, but um, yes, exactly. So, what was the largest tree that you have ever cut? Uh, it was right at 13 foot or something, and right in there, it was a big cedar tree, and. Um, yeah, I get I get asked that question a lot too. Oh, do you? Yeah, I use Husqvarna. Husqvarna saws. Husqvarna. I've always I've always used them, and so yeah, don't throw me under bus, people. Okay, it's, it's what I've always used. But uh, but no, it's um, yeah, we've I got some chances to do some really neat things in the industry, and um, got um, in the summer times they shut down actually a lot of times because of fire danger in Oregon. Right. right? So, which this summer is shaping up to just that it's been super hot and not a lot of rain. And so California, believe it or not, doesn't have a fire season. So I would, yeah. So I would go down to California and I would cut timber down in California in the summer times. So that's, I would cut. Yeah. So when it was shut down here, I would run to California and the money was better in cutting in California. They pay a lot better down there. And so anyway, so that was kind of a, the family would come with me half the time I I have a trailer and um, anyway, they'd come with me part of the time. The other part of the time they'd stay home, but um, yeah, I'd come home every other weekend usually. So, so was that usually a long haul or was it kind of the Northwest or I guess Northwest? Yeah. So right down by Eureka, um, Kinleyville, um, right in there. And so it was about, it's about a four and a half hour drive probably from here. So you just don't want to, you know, it's too far to just do it every day, but right. Yeah. So, and they have big timber down there too, right? They do. Yeah. They, I never cut a giant, like the Sequoia stuff and stuff, but it was all redwood. So cutting big, nice, really nice redwood. A lot of times it was, it's a whole different tree than a fir. I'll tell you that, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's, it, it was another education, you know, and timber. Right. 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 So now so, you've got all this hard work ethics, all this stuff. You have your own business, 18 years cutting logs, and then you take a 360. Yeah. And you yeah, go, I say, or, a, or I guess it would be a 180 or a 720 <laughs> or something. <Yeah. laughs> and then you, yeah. and you guys decided to do go full time with the born and raised outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was, that was a big, that was a big decision. Um, we started filming our own hunts in 2007 and, we just as buddies, you know, just, yeah. we wanted to put out something that, you know, that would pay for our tags. That was our goal is to make enough revenue that we could pay for out of state tags. We always, we never, ever, none of us never hunted out of state at that time. And so we would sell DVD, we'd put together a DVD and then we'd sell the DVD in pretty much just the Pacific Northwest. Anybody that would take it, any archery shop or any, whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy. And so anyway, we'd, we'd sell these DVDs and then we could pile the money and and hope to buy out-of-state tags and so that's what got us to wyoming to go hunting for the first time in wyoming and and then it just kind of escalated from there but we never really we did we did we had a a stint on the on the sportsman's channel um you've heard of i'm sure oh yeah yeah so we did we did a show there that cost so much money i think it was like i think it was like thirteen thousand dollars just to get on the sportsman's channel and Holy we, smokes. Yeah. And at that time, you know, we're just like, just to see our stuff on TV, I guess was, was pretty cool. But at the same time, I was like, okay, then what did we make from this? Zero, zero, zero. Money. Cause at that zero. time you, you had, you didn't have like real 
like true sponsors, right? You had sponsors that was giving you equipment and stuff like that. We I had assume. a few. We did. We had a few, and it was. And that I think that's a good lesson for people as far as knowing your worth, right? I think that's a big, big thing because you, you we we went in and but we we had a tough time. We didn't know our worth, so we didn't know that we could go to these companies and say, "Hey, can we have some money?" You know, and uh, neat little story. We're um, First Light. We've been with First Light since they first started, and um, but we always had a tough time asking for money. It was just like they gave us all this camo and everything, and we got cam- oh first pair of camo pants I got. I thought I was Jim Shockey. I mean, it was the greatest thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we're getting free pants. Don't worry about it. You know, and everything. And so, but we never had the confidence, had the confidence right. or the wherewithal to go and say, hey, we need money. This doesn't, you know, this is not free. And so, first time we went to first light, we're like, well, we're planning on this hunt. We want to go out of state. Could we get five thousand dollars? And five grand is, you know, it's a lot of money. And and anyway, in first light, the first thing they said to us is they said, well, we've been holding on to this money for you for the last three years, just waiting, <laughs> waiting for you to ask for it. And <laughs> we're just like, that is too world? funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, well that so. just shows the testimony of how good first light is. I mean, the fact that yeah. they were actually holding that money and they it knew was- they were waiting for it. Yeah. But that's, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a, a lesson for us as far as like, you're not going to get it usually if you don't ask for it. Right. You know? So you're just, what your self-worth is, I think is a, it's a huge, huge hurdle you have to get over to be like, okay, I'm worth this much, or I, I feel like I'm worth this. And, and we deal with that all the time still, you know, to this day. So, well, and that's a hard thing to come up with because, you know, as humans, we want to say, you're kind of a realist, right? You think I'm only worth 5,000, but if you ask for 10, you might get 10. Oh yeah. Oh, believe me. There's and been then times you, maybe like, you ask for 20. Yes. Way too fast. They yeah, exactly. Yes, way too fast. Then you're like, Oh my God. And then you get to back, get back with the group and you're like, man, should we would ask more when you start shooting yourself in the foot exactly. and rethinking it. Oh, exactly. So finding a worth is really, really hard. Yeah. So it's especially in this industry. It's just like, okay, so what, what is it? You know, what, what do you want? And that's the, that's the hard fun thing I would say about like entrepreneurship in the, like the YouTube space or the social space. It's like, so am I worth, you know, am I worth 10,000? Am I worth 20,000? What do we, you know, what do you want? What do, do you want impressions on Instagram? Do you want YouTube views? Do you want listens on your podcast? What are you, what is yeah. the company looking for? So that that's half of it. It's just kind of breaking down those barriers of, okay, what do you want? And then how can I facilitate? Right. Right. And now do these places, was there any like, well, how many followers do you have? I mean, do they ask a series of questions or, oh yeah. I mean, you guys pretty much now, have, I mean, you're a staple in the industry now, so it's probably a little easier, but in those, like that first push, when you guys did the land of the free and you went out there to when you were having these conversations with people, what was the biggest hurdle? I guess that one was kind of an anomaly because we started that, that, that was honestly our breakout. That was what we did. I, we, Cody, um, Cody had, a, that was his brainchild. Honestly. Um, he wanted to do this day by day thing. And we wanted to show what it was like for a whole season long for every single day of a hunter. And so, okay. So we sat down and we're like, we can't do this with normal jobs. He was working at North river at the time designing boats. And, um, 
I was still cutting trees. And so we just kind of got together. Trevor, Trevor's a dentist and he wasn't going to quit his job, you know? No, so, he just Steve, paid a lot of money to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> and Steve, uh, uh, you know, he's a plumber and he wasn't going to quit his job. So it was like, okay, Cody, what do you, what do we think we can do here? So we sat down and we're like, okay, we need this much money going into it. We have to secure this much money. So we flew back East and we just went from, the sponsors that we already had and we just, and, and that's another thing I think for people to, to understand. It's like, if you go into something, just having an idea, it's usually, I'm not going to say it's always not going to work, but it's sometimes not going to work. We had a plan. We had a yeah. whole business plan. We had a whole doc laid out a whole media deck and everything. And a lot of them was just projections. Like we're going to do this. This is the impressions that you're going to get as you know, a company. Obviously, at that time, sometimes we were just throwing darts at the board, being like, "Yeah, they're going to get this much, maybe." I don't know, you know. So it, it was, it was kind of a shot in the dark a little bit at times, but um, and it was interesting. After we went to the the aid, the ATA Archery Trade Association, um, anyway, that show we never had one company tell us no. We got told yes by every single company. Boy, that's and awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. And we secured the money that we needed. And so it was like, oh man. So now what do we do? Now we have to do this. <laughs> we, we, people signed, they signed stuff, you know, for us to do this. So anyway, so then it was, uh, I worked up until I think March or somewhere in there, March or April, and then, and then quit my job. And um, we used off that money that we had that we had secured to really build this whole thing up and then go into hunting. So, so with that, did you get, did you have some nest egg money in the back in the bank? Just like yeah. you said, no. Okay. So like you company were... wise, no, that was for the company wise. I mean, for yeah. that reason, no, we, and we were just trying to use off of everything that we procured from all these sponsors. We tried to not like our own money, we, we bought into the company, you know, and built a business. Right. Um, yes. But other than that, we we're trying to use everything off of what, because if, if we couldn't live off of that, what was the point of doing it? Right. That was, that was 100%. our model. Like we're not doing this for fun. We have families, we have all this, we got to do this. We got to really, really buckle down and figure this thing out. And so that's, that's how and we started. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of guys make a mistake in any kind of business is that they, they're so passionate about it, especially as hunters, fishermen, you know, you, you start a bow shop and you think, well, I'm going to make all this money. And there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of stuff in there. You do, like you said, you have to show up with the plan because if you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail. Really? I mean, on a hundred percent. And I think, and, and two, a lot of people are probably going to say, well, how do you have a plan to just go on YouTube? You know, right. It starts way before that. It starts with a business plan of what your audience is and what, what do you, what message are you trying to put across? Ours is ours for born and raised. It's uh, <clears throat> educate, entertain, and inspire people that if we can hit one of those pillars, it's a video that we're going to want to make, or it's a piece of content that we're going to want to put out there. If we can educate someone, entertain them or inspire them to do something else. And that's just been a huge roadmap for us as far as like, okay, a lot of times we'll come up with these ideas and then we'll just go, okay, now let's look at this. We always go back to the why, why are we doing this? Yeah. And if we can hit those pillars, if we can, if we can do that well, then it's like, okay, that's something that we need to go through with. And I think that's really important for a lot of people starting out. It sounds cool on paper. Everything sounds awesome, you know, and, just, and oh, fun. Man. 
and fun. Yeah, it's the funnest thing ever, right? I mean, I get to go out and fish for a living, right? And, right. Uh, yeah, definitely not the case. <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> well, let's touch on that a little bit. So um, people think, oh, gosh, you guys are living the life. You're out there hunting and fishing and doing, you know, living the American dream, right? Yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of back office stuff or the backstage stuff that people don't see. There's Can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Like, Yeah. Uh, well, just like to just bring it to date. I mean, like this morning, it's Monday morning after this podcast, we just, we're starting this podcast at eight in the morning right now. After this podcast, I have team meetings. I meet with my whole team. So I have, I have a brand manager. I have an executive brand manager. I have a uh, cameraman. I have uh, two different partners, me and Cody, and then Eric Strand as well. We'll jump in. I have um uh, all these different people that have to come together that I'm doing weekly meetings with. And then I also have a warehouse or we have a warehouse that we ship everything out of. And so our warehouse mm -hmm. manager, she's going to jump in and she will, she will, um, you know, talk about sales, talk about this, talk about uh, SKUs that we have and what, what we're doing there and what orders we need to make. So it's just one of these things where we've branched out into so many different uh, limbs of the tree. That's decent analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, so, uh, yeah, you got to bring all this together and figure, okay, how do we make money off of all this stuff so we can keep doing what we love to do? You know? So it's not, we don't just go out go fishing and tell the cameraman, Hey, put that video up. That'll make us a ton of money. We honestly don't like just YouTube alone. We don't make very much money off of YouTube. That's just a, it's just an engine for us to run the, run the, the main car. That's what it right. is. So there was you and Cody decided to go hundred percent and then Trevor and then, um, Oh gosh. Steve. And Steve, Steve, thank you. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Sorry, Steve. I didn't mean to forget you, forget <laughs> you there. So are they just kind of like back end partners? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you two decided you and Cody are the ones that were the beneficiaries of the finance or like what money come all. in you, you took, we took all the risk. Okay. And yeah. now how many people do you have employed? Same, uh, employed, uh, man, three, four, five, six people. We just hired a six last week and I'm looking for a seventh. I'm looking for a good editor and cameraman right now, possibly two, possibly two of them. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're in business management. So now, I mean, this fun thing that came about with the business plan because you guys are smart and did that and then you run yeah. in now you're kind of managing people which is a whole different game right it's because way different it's because now different. you got to hire fire maybe sometimes that happens you got to get the right people because if you don't have the right people that's it especially they have to jive without your guys's ideology and hit those three pillars. Right. So correct. Kind of and maybe if you could touch on that a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that has been a huge thing as far as we're together so much and um, just to back up just a little bit more. So we did yeah. this land of the free project. Right. And it was, this was the big brainchild and this is what we were going to do. And we went out and executed it to a T we went out nice. and we filmed it really, really well self-filmed. I mean, pretty much self-filmed the whole thing, pretty much. And then <clears throat> and then right after we got home, we took one week off just to see our families. I was gone for 50, 53 days is what I was gone for. So, yeah, hunted five different states in 53 days and got back home. We took a week off. And then it was like, holy cow, 
this is production time and we don't have anybody to do it. So it's just me and Cody. So turn and burn. And we put out the film a day after that every single day. And there was no weekends either. There's no, you know, you don't get a day off. So it was every day all the way through. And um, anyway, but, um, but yeah, it's clear till Christmas. So it was like August 25th till December 25th is what we worked every single day. And, and, and it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier. If you really want something and you want to work hard enough for it, that that's what we had to do. It is right. what we had to do. And uh, anyway, but to fast forward to now, like this year, we're going into land of the free here in another, well, what is it? A month or so. Is yeah. It? Shoot. It's getting yeah. close. Four, and five, um, five weeks. Yeah. But going in with like, anymore. it's something like that. I think it was, yeah. I don't Maybe know. six, something like that. Hopefully. Hopefully all these days just blend in together. Damn it. They do. They do. <laughs> and so, and, and a lot of that is just, you know, now we go into this season versus like three years ago to where we have a brand manager we have people um, all tied into filming and everything. So at, after we're done, you know, and that's the beauty and the, and the curse a little bit of it is, you know, back then you brought your product and you knew everything that was going into it. Right. When you, when yeah. you put a video out, you knew every single thing about it. Now it's like, you give it to the, the, you know, the, the editing guy and just be like, here you go, Noah. Uh, yeah. Make a good video, make a good video. You know? So now you got to so, trust him to do what, what your guys's expectation is. Correct. And then, and manage, you know, and manage yeah. him and teach him and, and give him the tools to, to, you know, to grow something that you want to be grown. So it, it's, it's definitely changed role wise, as far as, as far as just, um, you know, overseeing and looking at stuff and everything. And then, you know, it's, it's so neat though, because what I loved about it or still love about it is like, we're creating jobs. We're creating a job yes. for someone else to do or something that maybe that they can grow in and, and enjoy and love their job, you know? So I always say we're good bosses or cool bosses. We're the cool bosses, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it gets a little bit, a little bit heated, you know, we got to get things done. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it gets really hard because you, when you, and it's just like any kind of business or when you work with people, you get, you ha, you create a friendship, but you, as a business owner, as you know, sometimes you have to say, okay, this, this really needs to stop. You need to, you yeah. got to confront those things as a manager. And that, I no, think that's right. my weakness, man. I have, like, I used to own a, a concrete business over in Bend, Oregon. I had 34 employees and I had a hard time telling people, you know, you can't do that. You can't do this. And I don't know if you know, concrete workers they are kind of a little bit like the logger guys. They, oh man, They make a lot of money. They have a lot of fun. And I mean, a lot of fun, work hard and play even harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So th- oh, yeah. that was always the hardest t- part. I, for me was to con- have that conversation with an employee say, Hey, dude, you need to show up on time. You need to, you know, it's a different deal because I mean, especially when you come from just entrepreneurship or, or, you know, individual, right. Yeah. You know how hard you can work and you know that and everything. Then you add all these different things into the mix, like different uh, temperaments and different, you know, beliefs or different, however the job should get done. And it's just some, sometimes it's, it's crazy. Cause sometimes you do have to just step back and be like, no, I'm the boss here. I don't care if it, you know, if it's the wrong writer and different way to do this, 
this is the way we're doing it, you know, and it's yeah. tough. There's a confidence level that you have to have there. There's so many things that go into that. So many things. Oh, hundred percent. Well, and it's good that you have your three pillars, which kind of are your values, right? Those yeah. are the things. So having those defined, I think is a huge thing because if, if you didn't have those defined and you had all these people working for you, I bet you'd be a completely different thing because they would be trying to do their own definition of what they think they should do. Right. Yeah. But now you guys could say in your meetings, like, so in a meeting, would you guys say, Hey, is it hitting this, this, this? we just did this two weeks ago. We had all the whole team come and we're going to try to do that on a yearly basis. And we're going to actually try to implement that. We go somewhere like a retreat somewhere so we can all be nice somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and just, we, we bring up those pillars every single time. That's what we do is we bring up, why are we doing this? Okay. For one, you know, and who are we doing this for? What are we, what are we trying to get out of it? And so it just kind of, it kind of resets the gears, right. A little bit. It's just like, okay, why am I? Cause there's sometimes it's so hectic. Okay. We got a video coming out over here. I got to go shoot this. I got to go do that. We got, and it's just like, so what are we, what are we doing? I mean, what yeah. are we, what are we doing here? And so it's one of those things where it just kind of just refocuses you and go, guys, this is what we're doing it for. And that's, what's been so neat about the shows like uh, the sportsman show and, and, and Portland and Salt Lake and all these shows is there's times I think you get going and going and going and going and just doing everything and trying to, you know, get the videos out and get this much for sponsors and do this and everything you don't get to see the end result of why you're really doing it. And those shows it's so awesome to see the people coming up and they're just like, man, you got me. It was because of you guys that I went hunting for the first time this year or (laughs) whatever that may be. And there's tons of stories. We get tons of emails of just that. And, um, and I share them with, with the guys because it's, I think it's important to see, you know, to see that whole process, actually you're inspiring someone, you know, or you're educating 100%. someone to kill their first bull or go whatever and do get off the couch. I mean, it's a, the barrier to entry to go from Pennsylvania, flatland, Pennsylvania, and drive clear out West and to a state that you've never been and see these mountains, these giant mountains, you know, and you're just like, and so I'm supposed to go hike up that and toot on this bugle thing. And then they're supposed to come running in with giant horns and I'm shooting them with an arrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It can be super daunting just growing up in it. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go welcome. But to someone that's never done it before, it, it's a whole different level of, of probably fear, right? So, 100%. So, yeah. So, it, anyway, to take it full circle, um, it, I think it's very, very neat and uh, super rewarding to hear those stories and to know that we're actually, we're, we're changing people, you know. 100%. And I think trade shows, I think they're phenomenal because, you know, you can get an email and the email says this or a text and and then also you get your um, social media hits, you know, they, they make comments or DM you or whatever. But when you're at a trade show, you get to see the smile on their face. You get to see their body language, which is, you don't see that in an email. No. Right. So I think I I agree. I I love trade shows for that. And you get to shake hands and, you know, we get to see the people and it's amazing. You know, man, these guys are famous or whatever. And I'm just like, (laughs) Uh, every single one of them, I'm like anybody could upload anybody could upload anything on YouTube. Anybody can do it. It's yeah. it's free. It's totally free. Oh yeah. man, it's so cool. It's, that is it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is way cool. So now you guys have 
six employees, possibly seven, maybe eight, 10, whatever you guys are, you're, you're growing, you're building. Yep. So now it turns into cash. What does the cash flow look like? Right. You got to bring in cash flow in order to pay for all this overhead. Yeah. So, and, and, and that now builds on another layer of stress, right? Because you have employees that you're responsible for to keep the and paychecks two, coming and all that yes. other stuff. Yeah, yeah there's responsibility and definitely a huge thing of responsibility. And then the, the thing on top of that though, is, is, you know, we're in the business, you know, we're immersed in this and everything. And then pretty soon, okay, well, what's going on with shipping over here, you know? And so uh, we have a big warehouse uh, in, um, in North Bend in uh-huh. over here. And um, so I will go out and I will, I will help with that. You know, we'll get a big shipment in or something and we need to do stocking and stuff like that on all the shelves. And now we're doing a whole different mode to where we have scanners and we're going to do a scan thing to, to uh, increase productivity and do all that. Well, you go do that, right. For two days, right. Because it's got to be done and everything. Well, now you're lacking over here. If yeah. you don't have content, you don't sell squat. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> right now we're trying to get that balance of, and then hire the right people to be like, okay, I need you to just cover this, this side over here. I need you to just handle all that. That way we can do over here what we, you know, what we're doing better, you know, what I do better right. or whatever. And so it's just such a moving it's always evolving and, and things over here and then marketing. Well, what do we have for designs guys for shirts next time? So we all, we do all of that in house. We don't hire it out. We just do it all in house with, with our guys, with our design team, with everybody. And so, and then it's approving, you know, okay, do you like this shirt? Do you like this color? What do you think of this? This is a gray. No, this is a slate gray, you know, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> I signed up to go hunting and fishing. What in the hell am I doing? Yeah. Now I got to manage you guys and we're making these decisions on the color of gray. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on guys. So, but no, that's, I mean, it's a real thing, you know, and, and it's, it's this, this whole, it's, it's went from just producing a video every single day um, to managing numerous people and and it's been fun it's been it's it's a huge journey and yeah i you know it's you're never doing it perfect it's just you never it's you never yeah it's always a work in progress it really is it really is but, and that's uh, kind of why i wanted to start this podcast is just to kind of help people that are thinking about it or or even people just that aren't in, interested in, in entrepreneurship just to understand and learn the back end of all these businesses. Because yeah. I mean, going back to the cash flow thing, I mean, you have to sell merchandise, which I assume is probably your number it's one. A, probably 75%. 75% of, of, our, of your income. Of our income. Or cash flow, if you want to. Correct. However you look at it. But yeah, it, it, it's about 75%. And then sponsorship is about 20%. And then 20, YouTube's about 5 5%. So everybody thinks they're going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars on YouTube because they see Mr. Beast making 30 million. Correct. Right. But the reality is it's only 5% of your um, annual cash flow to run your operate your business. We could probably make it more um, uh-huh. just being in the hunting space on YouTube. It's a slippery slope a little bit. You got to really kind of balance that out because yeah. at any time YouTube could just yank your channel from you. So 
that's been a big thing for us is trying to show what really happens out there hunting, you know, what really happens, how to break down an animal, how to do all these different things. Right. But YouTube is fairly, they're, they're not really hunter friendly. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's navigating those waters pretty, you know, trying to say, okay, yeah, we can't show this blood just spewing everywhere probably, but right. we'll kind of show it and we'll make sure that it's, there's nothing unreal. We show everything real. We show everything as it happens. We don't stage any anything but it's just one of those things where it's that's always in the back of your mind too it's like well what if youtube quits tomorrow and they say no more hunting on the whole platform right we don't have a business you know we do don't get me wrong people that know us and everything would probably still buy from our stores and everything but at the same time it's like okay what are we what are we doing here how and there's other platforms out there but they're not even they're not even no. close they're well that's what's interesting in it's five percent of your annual income but it's probably 90% of how you get your word out and your marketing and all that other stuff right yeah it is it is so, that and social media and stuff you know as far as yeah. instagram and facebook and stuff like that but yeah it's it's this weird machine it's just like <laughs> be good to her be good to her yeah exactly <laughs> every day it's kind of like oh man don't cut the string don't cut the string we're good we're we're, yeah. we're, doing, we're giving the right content we're not making it look like crazy bloody blood faster right. you know like we're killers or anything like that we're just you know but that has actually spurred us to like, okay, what's our, what's our end game here? What happens if that happens? So yeah. that's actually gotten us into manufacturing more. So we're starting yeah. manufacturing on game bags. We're starting, uh, we have our own call company coming out. Uh, we've got all these different things that are the, you know, the irons in the fire kind of thing that are coming to fruition here in a really short period of time here coming up. So those are super exciting and, and it'll give us kind of a stronghold of, okay, now, now we have something. If, if, if something were to go wrong over here, we've got a backup source, hopefully of income. and working on that. Well, and that is super duper smart because that's one thing people don't understand about any business is diversification. You cannot have all your eggs in one basket because no. you never know what will happen. No. Sometimes even, even if you are a manufacturer, like you guys are getting into manufacturing, um, what can happen is that your supply chain can go under and then, then you got to, then you're starting all over because as you guys know, you're in this development for these game bags for what yeah. a year Two and a years. half now, Two years. Two years. And you ran into a problem on your manufacturing, correct? And a problem on manufacturing. And then COVID was a huge deal. Yeah. And so we had so shops that were just, okay, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. And then COVID hit right about that same time. And all of them just said, so we can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, what in the world? And we already had this agreement. We already had all this. I've got, you know, $26,000 worth of fabric at your, at your sew shop. And you're telling me now you can't do it. And so... Oh yeah. Then getting all the fabric shipped to a different shop, getting them all set up and getting everybody on the same page with the design, with the cutout, not wasting a yard of fabric. I mean, all that stuff, it takes so much time. It doesn't, people I don't think understand. It's just like, well, make the damn game bag and give it to me, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's that easy, man. My my mom could sew it together. Yeah. I was going to, and believe me, we had some people doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, man, that is super exciting, Trent, that you guys are coming. I mean, the game, bag thing i knew it was coming the call yeah. thing i kind of seen a little snippet a little while ago yeah but I, that is super exciting you guys are kind of dipping over into the manufacturing side of the world it's super, because super that is going to help diversify and that could be 
You know, I've always talked about the 80, 20 rule that could be, you know, 80% of your income, that manufacturing side. It should, I would assume it should be, I don't know, on our five year. And that, that kind of goes, goes into a little bit more depth, the business side of things. Like we project, we talked about earlier, a business plan, a solid business plan. And I'm not talking like a business plan, like, okay, this is our pillars and this is what we want to do. Let's go guys. I'm talking like, okay, what's our goals for one year? What's our goals for three years? What's our five year goal? So we'll project all those things out and we will. And then, then the biggest thing about that is that's really, really a lot of people don't do. And honestly, we, we, um, we just updated it just the other day, but like looking at those goals and saying, okay, well, I set this goal. What have I done to reach that goal? Right. What have I done? It's easy to set those goals and fill out those sheets. Everybody's, you know, you can get them on anywhere online, you know, okay, cool. We got this goal. And just to put that in a folder and just don't look at it again, that's super easy to do, but it's that, yeah, it's that it's the side of things where it holds your feet to the fire of, okay, have you reached this goal for your one year goal? You know, cause one year passes like that, you know, how fast hundred percent. So it's like, okay. And, and we were looking at that the other day. We're like, we did, we hit our one year goal. And so now what's our three-year goal and do we need to change things? Do we need to look at like where I'm, I told you about hiring people in three years, we want to have at least 12 employees. That's our goal. And I think it'll be an easy goal to attain, but at the same time, you know, okay, what are we doing on this side of things to, to, to hit that goal? So right. It's, it's more than just running around in the woods with the camera. <laughs> you know, exactly. And, 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 and those goals are floating targets too, right? So you set a three-year goal. And if you, if you kind of set your tone and say, I have to, that, that's my goal and I'm going to stick with it. That really will almost set you up with failure. You got to, you got to sometimes redefine that goal because like you said, your maybe your one-year goal was to have the bags in full, yeah. in full distribution by now. And, and, you know, that having a thousand ready or 2000 or 5,000, but that changed because the environment changed. So yep. I think it's really important for people that they need to just, you know, you set your goals. And then, like you said, you go back and then redefine those goals. And, you know, but you got to have those main pillars of that goal. Like you're, you know, yeah, you still got it. You still got to look at what the end game is, what, as far as what you want out of it. Right. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, okay, what's changed since then, you know, yeah, yeah, we couldn't do this or we could do this or we lost this employee or we did the, you know, so I mean, definitely redefine them, but still kind of stay. I think it's always good to like, even if it's just personal life, you know, just have goals for yourself. What do you yeah. want with your family? What do you, you know, in a year, you know, and it, and it goes down to, you know, I think it, it goes down to just self-awareness and just trying to, I'm not saying your whole life has to be this big, you know, scheduled out meeting, obviously, but I think it's good to be headed a direction. Right. hundred percent. You know? And like you said earlier in the conversation is um, just kind of having a plan. Yeah. You, you, you can have a business plan. You can have a personal life plan. You can have a family plan and it's good to have all of them. And then just go from there and and set these goals. Like you're talking about. I mean, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm super stoked for you guys. So the game bags, when are they? um, So I seen there's some distribution coming out here in August. Yep. So we're going to have two, two, we get them every week and about another, I don't know, another two weeks, we'll have a whole shipment. And then so, and we'll, whatever the, we're working with a, um, uh, sewing shop actually in Idaho. 
Nice. So it's all in state. It's all it's all going to be in state, and um, which is U.S. Incredible. manufactured, baby. U.S.A. U.S. of A. Yep, and it comes with a price tag. <laughs> Always does, but like Always you're saying, does. you're creating jobs here in the United States, which is which is cool. super phenomenal. Yeah, it's really fun. So so yeah, so we'll have a launch come out on there, and then every week we'll just get more bags, and we don't want to sell ahead of what we have, so. Yeah. We'll sell what we have, and then when we get three stock, we'll open it back up and sell what we have. Uh, demand has been awesome as far as people have just been really, really gracious and and working with us and being like, "I'm going to wait. I'm going to still wait, you know, until yeah. I can get them." So it's been it's been really cool as far as that goes. But um, but yeah, it's just been an animal that we've been working on for so long. It's just been so many tiny pitfalls and hangups and this. I mean, just a just a small little tag that says "Born and Raised Outdoors" on it. You know, you got to brand it. You have to brand it. And so it's like, now we're waiting on that. And that's coming from where, you know, and it's just like, how long does it take them to make it? It's just a dollar waiting on a dime. It seems like, oh, oh it's so frustrating. so frustrating. So frustrating. <laughs> yeah. It's, I get that all the time because um, I represent a bunch of different manufacturers in the automotive industry. And right now oh, yeah. it's just kind of a weird thing because so much stuff comes from overseas and then all these containers are held up in the ports right now and they can't come in and then they get in and then customs has got to sign it off. And then, you know, and then your customers like, so I think it's super smart. You're not pre-selling these because you pre-sell them. And even though the customers know that they're pre-sold, they still get impatient, especially as you get approached the hunting season. Right. Cause they're all excited and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah, that it's, it is. It's, it's really hard to put all this together. And I think it's awesome that you now have a team because as you were saying earlier, that you and Cody kind of bared the burden of all of this. Now you're able to delegate, which is correct. Super good, which in that end game, I'm sure is to free up a little time for you guys. So you could be home with your families. That's my whole, and honestly, that's my end game. with all of this is just more family time, more, I understand hunting season. I'm going to be away for the hunt. That's just what it is. I've always yeah. done that. Even when I was cutting trees, I would always be, you know, hunting the whole month of September. Um, but now it's just like, if I can be home a lot more and, and, um, that's, that's my, that's my goal, man. It, it honestly is. There's family's pretty important. Oh, it's, it's the most important thing. I, I used to, you know, I had my own company for 10 years and, um, I think as we are males, we kind of are selfish in some bits. I always tell this to make myself feel better, but anyway, (laughs) for 10 years, I was pretty selfish, right? I, I, I was addicted to working. I I did not mind working 90 hours a week. I really didn't care. And then I'd go hunting and then we do the one or two camping trips a year. And then after 2008, it it was like a life-changing thing where, you know, I kind of got more, I started praying a lot. And anyway, my whole life completely changed. And now I'm way more family focused than I was back then. So that's the one thing with people. Some advice is just don't get too immersed in it. And you always got to, you got to take care of your family because if you work too hard, too much for too long, they might be you know, in a cabin in a different state. So. No, it's true. And, but I, I think you touched on something important too, is just as men, you know, we feel like we need to provide Yeah. and no matter what we feel like we have to provide for people. Well, that comes in at so many different packages, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Money's just one thing, right. But yeah. providing love, providing, you know, uh, a safe place for your, you know, your spouse and, and all that, all those things come into play, you know, it's right. just not just, uh, and, and there's times that we get wrapped up. It's like, man, if I don't make this much money, 
uh, we're not, you know, I, I, I failed, you know? And it's just like, yeah. or when you haven't seen your wife in a week and a half and you're like, okay, what's, what's important. Let's back it down. Or you haven't, you know, where you weren't able to coach your kids and, 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 um, and T-ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, those things were, I think, very important. I think we can get so caught up with the day to day. It's just like, we forget the most tiniest little important things. And, um, yeah. And, it's, and you can be successful in work and, and in personal life and 100%. you don't need to be there for a hundred hours a week. I mean, really a lot, I think a lot of people fail is their time management. They just, yeah. they piddle around. Like you could sit there and be on the computer for 10 hours and maybe six of it was just reading the news. I do it all the time, Yeah, all the time. I'll look back at my day sometime. I'm like, I was on like three meetings today. I, I called a couple people. How in the hell? I could have done that in a half hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why, why did I, what in the world? Why did I sit here all day? I don't yeah. get, what did I do? What did I do? You know, and it is, you are exactly right. Your time management is a huge thing. Huge right. thing. So, so, well, Trent, we're coming up on an hour here. Um, any kind of like, take home like something you could, the biggest piece of advice you could give a guy that's thinking about starting their own uh, hunting venture or YouTube channel, or I will, I, I mean, will say, uh, I was just talking to actually, uh, one of my nieces the other day and, um, it's pretty amazing these days. So like when we're growing up, there was no internet. There was nothing like that. We went out and we mowed lawns and we did, you know, whatever it may be, which is totally Wyatt right now, my wife just took him to go, to go mow lawns. <laughs> That's nice. what he's doing right now. And so it's a, it's a great thing. But as you grow up, one thing I will say is anybody with the invention of the internet, yes, there's a lot of bad stuff there too, but with the invention of the internet, honestly, and it's just, I, I mean this too, you can do anything. You can do anything. If you can find that niche, you can, I mean, if you really enjoy making beaded necklaces or, or whatever macrame, whatever you can make a business out of it. You really can. If you, if you, if that's your passion, that's your love, you can actually, with the invention of the internet, you can sell stuff. You can, I mean, there's so many different avenues for people. It's not just YouTube. YouTube's just one, one thing. And that's the, that's the route that we took, but it, it just like, I would just say to people, you know, be open-minded, being an entrepreneur, it's fun, scary as yeah. hell fun. Uh, it's got a lot of different things involved with it, but as far as that goes, but if you really set your heart to it and you really just knuckle down and say, I'm going to do this 24 seven, I, 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 you know, and, and really live in this, you can make a living at whatever you want to do. And it's so, so awesome. Yeah. Dream big, everybody out there, like just have a dream and just be like, you don't have to be stuck, you know, at McDonald's 24 seven, you, you can do things. You can do whatever you want to do. Anybody can. It's who would have thought I would have been, you know, on, on YouTube, you know, slinging, you know, merch, I guess, you know what I mean? I would have, <laughs> yeah. never, I would have never thought that back in the day. Never, yeah. Never. I bet not. You're falling trees, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a man, right? I'm a man. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, but dude, no, anybody can do anything they want. Yeah, that's super awesome. And man, what a bunch of great content in here. And I super appreciate you coming here on the podcast and talking sure. about... It's cool that you, know, you got the, it up and running. That's awesome, man. I'm super excited for you. Yeah, me too, man. It was, it's was it been in a year in the making. So um, um, as things take time, you know, you always think oh, it's going to be three weeks and then a year later, but 
Um, that'll be another conversation someday. Down you having fun with it? Oh yeah, dude. I'm having a blast. I think my biggest hurdles has been the computer stuff and just kind of doing some editing. And then, you know, you got your website and then you've got your host and then you got to combine those two. And then you've got to download this stuff. And, you know, yeah, there's, like you said, you mean, you just think it's going to be fun to BS with some, some, you know, a bunch of great people and then have fun. But there is, I've probably so far I've gotten, I've had probably 2000 hours into just the back end of this conversation. Right. So, I mean, right. it's our first, this is my first conversation with somebody. So sweet. Well, podcast. you do realize you can like, there's people out there that do it for a living that you could pay them half of nothing and they could edit the whole thing for you and put it up for you. I know, dude, but I'm like one of those guys <laughs> where I, I got to figure it out, man. <clears throat> it's just how I, cause I enjoy it because then that makes me better when I do delegate, I then it. I can, I'll know the back end of it a little bit. So, I mean, there's a lot of frustration with it, but I love it. I've, I've almost jumped out the window a few times, but anyway, yeah. or thrown so, it out the window. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Trent, for um, coming on and uh, look forward to our next conversation. Anytime, man. Anytime.